Good morning and welcome. This is Pastor Lucy Pinta with your daily insight and we continue to talk about battle front lines. I want us to look at another aspect of war. We touched a little bit on this as we talked about the instructions that Joshua gave to the Israelites yesterday after the fall of Jericho. He warned them not to take spoils from the city for themselves. And so I want us today to look at the term pillage as applied in military sense. Pillage is simply theft under the cover of war. The prohibition of pillage is a long-standing rule of customary international laws. It's prohibited and identified as a war crime under the Hague regulations in the Fourth Geneva Convention. Pillaging a town or a place, even when taken by assault, constitutes a war crime. And this is one of the charges that brought the Congolese warlord that we talked about the other day. Remember him, Bosco Ntaganda, the Terminator before the ICC, and that saw the court give him one of its harshest punishment ever. He was given 30 years in prison. And it seems that this didn't start with the ICC. Pillage was a crime even for the Israelites. This is the crime that Joshua was warning them against committing in the text we read yesterday. And we'll see why he stressed so much about it as we continue with that story. So today we continue with reading from Joshua chapter 7 and it's a long read as usual but go with me in Joshua chapter 7 we read from verse 1 to 26 here we go but Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord a man named Achan had stolen some of these dedicated things so the Lord was very angry with the Israelites Achan was the son of Kami, a descendant of Zimri, son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah. Joshua sent some of his men from Jericho to spy out the, the town of Ai, east of Bethel, near Beth Aven. When they returned, they told Joshua, There is no need for all of us to go up there. It won't take more than two of or three thousand men to attack Ai, since there are so few of them. Don't make all our people struggle to go there. So approximately 3,000 warriors were sent, but they were soundly defeated. The men of Ai chased the Israelites from the town gate as far as the quarries, and they killed about 36 who were retreating down the slope. The Israelites were paralyzed with fear at this turn of events, and their courage melted away. Joshua and the elders of Israel tore their clothing in dismay, threw dust on their heads, and bowed face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord until evening. Then Joshua cried out, O sovereign Lord, why did you bring us across the Jordan River if you're going to let us to let the Amorites kill us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side. Lord, what I what can I say now that Israel has fled from its enemies? For when the Canaanites and all the other people living in the land hear about it, they will surround us and wipe our name off the face of the earth. And then what will happen to the honor of your great name? But the Lord said to Joshua, Get up, 
Why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. They have stolen some of the things that I commanded must be set apart for me. They, and they have not only stolen them, but have lied about it and hidden the things among their own belongings. That is why the Israelites are running from their enemies in defeat. For now, Israel itself has been set apart for destruction. I will not remain with you any longer unless you destroy the things among you that were set apart for destruction. Get up, command the people to purify themselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, Hidden among you, O Israel, are things set apart for the Lord. You will never defeat your enemies until you remove these things from among you. In the morning, you must present yourselves by tribes, and the Lord will point out the tribe to which the guilty man belongs, that the tribes may, must come forward with its clans, and the Lord will point out the guilty clan. That clan will then come forward, and the Lord will point out the guilty family. Finally, each member of the guilty family must come forward one by one. The one who has stolen what was set apart for destruction himself be burned with fire along with everything he has for he has broken the covenant of the lord and has done a horrible thing in israel early the next morning joshua brought the tribes of israel before the lord and the tribe of judah was singled out then the clans of judah came forward and the clan of zerah was singled out then the families of zela came forward and the family of zimli was singled out every member of zimli family was brought forward a uh, person by first person and akan was singled out then joshua said to akan my son give glory to the lord the god of israel by telling the truth make your confession and tell me what have you done don't hide it from me Achan replied, It is true, I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. Among the plunder, I saw a beautiful robe from Babylon, 200 silver coins, and a bar of gold weighing more than a pound. I wanted them so much that I took them. They are hidden in the ground beneath my tent, with a silver barrel deeper than the rest. So Joshua sent some men to make a search. They ran to the tent and found the stolen goods hidden there, just as Achan had said, with the silver buried beneath the rest. They took the things from the tent and brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites. Then they laid them on the ground in the presence of the Lord. Then Joshua and all the Israelites took Achan, the silver, the robe, the bar of gold, his, his sons, daughters, cattle, donkeys, sheep, goat, tent, and everything he had, and they brought them to the valley of Arca. Then Joshua said to Achan, Why have you brought trouble on us? The Lord will now bring trouble on you. And all the Israelites stoned Achan and his family and burned their bodies. They piled a great heap of stone over Achan, which remains to this day. That is why the place has been called the Valley of Trouble ever since. So the Lord was no longer angry. It's sad. Wow, we took a downhill today. Yep. Uh, you can take a moment to recover from that. Yeah. Hey. So Israel had just been involved in the greatest military conquest in their history up to this point remember yesterday it was jubilation the wall fell flat they were basking in the glory of that victory 
the fall of Jericho was yet another victory in the strings of victory that they had had since they left Egypt. But there is such a great contrast between chapter 6, which we read yesterday, and chapter 7, which we have read today. The thrill of victory is suddenly replaced by the agony of defeat because one man forgot that the war they were fighting was not a plundering war. In their victory, they alienated themselves from the Lord's plan. They forgot that they were sacred instruments in the hands of the Lord. Instruments he was using to weave a greater destiny for a whole nation. But the Bible says that Achan took the accursed things and the anger of the Lord burned against them. They forgot who had brought the walls of Jericho down for them in the thrill of victory. They let the pride take root in their heart that threw all the care and due diligence out of the window. Just one man, one man, one man. They relied on their own wits so much that when they had a chance to send more men into the battle against the people of Ai, they said, let's just send two to three thousand of men. Did you see that pride right there? Besides, there are only a few weary men there. Let's just send a few. We don't need to send a whole army. They didn't even consult the Lord how to go about in I. They are full of pride right there. But the word of the Lord says they fled before the men of I. And the men of I struck down about 36 men. You know, these were the same people who had conquered Jericho, a fortified city, a city that could have been more difficult to conquer. And not a single man had died in Jericho. But they fled before a few men. They fell before an army they could have easily defeated because they had relied on their own strength, because they had gone to war without the Lord. And the Bible says their heart melted like water. They went into panic mode and they had a good reason too. They, would, they wouldn't have expected anything other than defeat without the Lord fighting for them. It wasn't about the size of their army. It wasn't about the size of their enemy. What mattered is who brought, who they brought into the battle. But on experiencing that defeat, Joshua went before the Lord in that moment of crisis. He tore his clothes and mourned. And I think he was mourning more than the loss of the 36 men. He was also mourning the loss of the Lord's blessing and guidance. This was a disaster. These were the same people who had defeated the Egyptians and felled the walls of Jericho without lifting a finger. There had to be a reason for this defeat. Joshua knew that something like this don't just happen. He regretted that they had crossed Jordan in the first place, that they had even attempted to fight on their own. He regretted that they had caused reproach on the name of the Lord before their enemies. What would people say when they hear that the Lord had fallen so easily? But even in their fallen state, the Lord did not hesitate to tell them the reason of their defeat. They had disobeyed him. 
They thought that he had abandoned them, but God was not the problem. He had not failed them. And I think this is why the Lord tells Joshua, get up. Why are you lying on your face like this? Joshua didn't need to beg the Lord to change his heart towards them. It was them that needed to change their hearts before him. He had won battles for them. He had fed them in the wilderness. He had provided for them. He had shown them that they didn't need to sin to prosper. And for the sin of one man, that is six men had died. For the sin of one man, a whole nation had been condemned. They had accepted and tolerated the sin of one man and they had suffered for it. Just like Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5 verse 6, don't you realize that this sin is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of, of dough. We say that we are in a battle and every battle has rules of engagement. Disobedience to rules of war has its consequences. Disregards of command has its consequences. And for Israel, they would have no power before their enemies. They would no longer fight in God's power for as long as the element of sin was among them. You know, hidden sin has power over us. And until it is confessed and acknowledged, we live and act under that power. Israel was going to be under the curse of sin until Achan confessed. I know we might feel like Achan had some had, had done something so awful, something that we could never do, but we do this all the time. We sin and rationalize it. We lie and rationalize it. We always seem to have an excuse for our sins. May the Lord help us to see the graveness of sin before we commit it. May he help us to turn from our sins when there is still time. May the Lord help us to deal with our sins and disobedience so that we can be in a position to walk in his blessings and guidance again. May we not forget that it is by his grace and the power of the Lord that we win the battles we find ourselves in. May we not forget that we are sacred instruments in the hands of the Lord. May we not alienate ourselves from his plans for the fleeting pleasure of sin. May we not let pride take root in our hearts in battle because this is the root of defeat. May you desire that the Lord goes with you into battle. May we learn to seek answers from the Lord when things are not going well, lest it be that we have stepped off from his plan. May our decision, may our lifestyle not cause reproach to the name of the Lord from those who have heard of us say that the Lord walks with us. May we not rationalize sin in Jesus' mighty name. Shalom. This is Pastor Lucy Painter with your daily insights. And this is Battles Frontline, Day 8. Thank you for your continued support and encouragement to the making of the daily insights. 
reaching an average of 60 people a day with over 10,000 total plays. I invite you to partner with us by supporting this podcast through monthly or one-time donation. Your contribution will be used to sustain the episode subscription and hosting platform. My goal is to inspire and share insightful messages in our generation, empowering one person at a time each day to continue serving the purposes of God in our generation. Your support is highly appreciated. Click that support button now and give your support. You can support with $1, $5, or as much as you are able to give. Blessings.